0: The good news is the Boston Bruins picked up a point last night against the Calgary Flames in an overtime loss. They're now in a share of first place with the Vancouver Canucks ahead of tomorrow night's huge showdown in British Columbia. Going to talk about all things black and gold today with Bell Fraser of the Hockey News, so let's get right into it, shall we? You're locked on Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Friday, February 23rd, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your daily routine free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Please do hit that subscribe button so that each new episode is automatically added to your feeds for you to download, listen, and enjoy. Quick reminder that you can follow the podcast on the app formerly known as Twitter at Bruins. same handle on Instagram, and you can find me my hockey thoughts and dad jokes at Ian C. McLaren. All right, today is not a solo episode. I am going to be joined by Bell Fraser of the Hockey News to discuss uh, last night's game against the Calgary Flames, some trade deadline stuff, look ahead to uh, tomorrow night's game against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, so let's just uh, jump right into it and welcome all to the podcast. Hi, hey, Belle. How are you?
1: Good. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. It's uh, great to meet you. And thanks for, for taking some time to chat about the Bruins here this morning. Yeah. Uh, I always like when people come on the podcast for the first time to kind of get to know uh, your hockey origin story. So can you tell us kind of how you got into the game and how you started covering uh, the Bruins specifically?
1: Yeah, totally. I'm originally from New York, actually. So. Okay. Grew up a Rangers fan, but I grew up in the city about 15 minute walk from Madison Square Garden. So my oh. dad brought me there when I was I think my first game. I was two months old and we kind oh. of it was just our thing growing up. Um, I credit him a lot um, about my love of hockey. And then, you know, I got into journalism in high school and kind of realized you could combine the two things. And that brought me to Boston University, where I'm a senior right now, actually. But I've covered BU hockey men's and women's for the past four years, which has been so much fun. A lot of Bruins connections too um, with the BU program. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, this year I started with the hockey news. I'm on the Bruins beat. It's been amazing Um, and a really interesting season to cover too in this kind of new era as everyone's been talking about it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm still loyal to New York, but I've definitely been converted to Boston and Boston hockey and just the community here. So yeah, that's a little bit about me.
0: Yeah, very cool. It's very, uh, very similar story to to Charlie McAvoy, I guess. Yeah, being a New York yeah. native, and uh, that's very cool. Uh, yeah, I guess that brings us to kind of this Bruins season as a whole. Before we kind of get into last night's game, or just the team um, heading into tomorrow night's game, just your impressions overall of of the Bruins so far this season. Uh, I've been saying. I'm kind of like a cup half full person when it comes to the Bruins this season, like exceeding all expectations right now and anything that they accomplish and kind of what was supposed to be a transition season is, is a bonus. Uh, what are your thoughts so far uh, on this version of the Boston Bruins?
1: yeah, I agree with that. I think going into the season, it was the whole like transition year thing. Everyone was expecting a much bigger drop off than what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. And the start they had, I mean, yes, it was lesser strength in opponents, right. um, just you know, first fifteen games this season. But I don't think you can take those wins away from them. You obviously it's put them at the top of the standings now, but I think the difference is they've shown glimpses of not the team they were last year, but being able to com- compete on the same level. But they've had that adversity, and I think that's what's been most important, and they've proved that we they can work through that adversity, too. You know, they didn't hit the losing streak in December and never come out of it. You know, they went on and won six straight after it. And same thing we're kind of seeing here, even with the loss last night, we can talk about it later, mm-hmm. but picking up points, being on the road, winning against Edmonton, um, I don't think they're in a great spot right now, but they've proven that they can take losses, they can take growing pains and kind of work with it in stride and not have it drown them, which I think. A lot mm-hmm. of people were worried about. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a lot of credit to the new leadership group and even guys without letters to Charlie Coyle, but also players that they brought in like James Van Riemsdijk, Morgan Geeky, yeah. Danton Heinen, you know, those have been kind of the unsung heroes that maybe aren't the reason for the Bruins success, but are, the, are part of the reason that they're not um, kind of lagging in the standings and, yeah. and having to start all over this season.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Like James Van Reemsdijk on his own, that is looking like, such a probably one of the best signings like value signings from last summer. And he's been, uh, he's been fantastic so far for sure. And I just endorsed uh, Danton Hyden the other day for the seventh player award. I think he's the most deserving for that. Uh, So I totally agree. Uh, Speaking of that adversity, like we saw that the other night in Edmonton where they coughed up the lead, got it back, coughed it up again, then still won in overtime. last night. Um, losing in Calgary for me, I I don't see it as, I mean, they still got a point, which was great, but it was also kind of the back-to-back situation. Uh, I'm not reading too much into that overtime loss to the flames. Um, I see it as positives that Charlie Coyle got back on track after being a bit quiet offensively for a little bit, uh, pick up a point on the road in a back-to-back, uh, Again, cup half full there. What's your take on that? Yeah. Loss I mean, last night to Calgary.
1: Cool for Coyle to reach the 20 goal mark too. I think mm-hmm. first time since 2015-16. So
0: <laughs> just Crazy. shows
1: we were talking about it, but like his role has been so heightened this year and the fact that he hasn't, you know, fallen under the pressure either. He's excelled in it. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I definitely think that was a bright spot since for last night. I also think you saw it in the first period and a half, probably first 30 minutes of the game. Like they looked tired, they looked yeah. slow. And then I feel like second half of the second period, that's when they really started getting going. They found their legs. They were playing more to their identity. And I think if they started the game like that and played a full 60 minutes how they did in the second half, you're probably coming out with a win. Yeah. It was the back-to-back. It's great to get a point. Charlie Coyle was talking about that post-gamer it stings when you don't get two, but at this point in the season, like you've got to just grind it out to be able to get what you can out of these types of games. Yeah, I do think after the showing they had, I think it was February sixth against Calgary at TD Garden. Yeah, yeah that was, it a was yeah, it was one of their worst games this season. So I thought a point of pride might have just been going in there and and giving it back to them. Um, but you know you can't win them all. Evidently, with this team in the yeah, past yeah. couple weeks, but. I do think it it goes into what Montgomery has been saying is that they're playing close enough to good hockey. It's not like they're playing how they did against the Caps that game mm-hmm. or against Calgary that game. So I definitely think it it wasn't, you know, something to completely worry about, but I do think the Bruins have gone past regulation in four consecutive games. And there is yeah. something to say about not being able to close out teams and in, in regulation and extend a yeah. lead in the third period. Um so you know it's double what is it double edged sword or whatever you want to call yeah, it yeah. But yeah i think there's pros and cons you take from that game but you just got to refocus for Vancouver because i don't think yeah. they got Vancouver's best a couple weeks ago at TD Garden You're probably going to see a much hungrier team from them
0: for sure yeah we'll talk about that one uh a little bit later as well maybe touch on some trade deadline uh activity and also whether or not they can compete in the east and we're going to touch on all that here As the podcast continues, if you are looking to hire in 2024, then the best place to get the highest quality candidates fast is on indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to their data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Right now, you can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on locked on Boston Bruins. Indeed.com slash locked on, terms and conditions do apply, but you can join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that are Indeed users hiring fantastic talent. Fast indeed.com slash locked on. If you need to hire, then you need indeed. All right, continuing uh conversation today with Bell Fraser of the Hockey News. I should point out I have a couple Hockey News, uh, physical copies That's awesome. of behind me. I have the uh Tim Thomas on the cover raising yeah. the cup and then the brad marshall one from this past uh what was it like november for the centennial
1: yeah, those are good ones
0: uh, yeah i always like to get hard copies of of those special ones for sure yeah. and uh i'm actually gonna be in toronto next week so i'm hoping to go down to the hall of fame to check out there's like a centennial exhibit that they have there too so oh cool i didn't know that Hopefully, yeah it looked it's like there for the whole year so um i right, i forgot to mention i don't know if you've Notice that I actually live in Guelph, Ontario, which is where Matt Potra played yeah. junior. And we'll talk about him here in a sec when it comes to trade deadline stuff. Um, but just overall, looking at the Bruins, where they stand, again, kind of being optimistic. I never would have expected them to be first place in the NHL at this point in the season. Uh, they got a big game against Vancouver tomorrow night both teams have 80 points. Boston has a game in hand. Uh what are realistic expectations you think for this team heading into the postseason? Uh if you think, you know, they're going say they fall the second, they'd have to go through Toronto or Tampa and then Florida and then either the Rangers or the Hurricanes in the east just to get to the final. Yeah do we think this is a team that's kind of capable of that or is it a like sticking to that transition year and being patient and seeing what they can do moving forward with this core? What, what's uh, kind of your take on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, the East is, as it has been the past couple of years, it's almost like you don't even want to pick an opponent. There's no one you really rather play than the other. Um, But I think the Bruins do have 80 points. Like they're at the top of the league for a reason. And just because of the, you know, preseason narratives of what this team was supposed to accomplish. I don't think it's reason for them to just throw it away because Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, maybe we don't have the pieces to make a push here. I do think that they're going to have to make some moves to kind of line up against some of these other teams in the East. Mm -hmm. Um, We can talk about trade deadline, but, you know, a lot of talk has been about defensive depth before the injuries. You know, that was... Um, last week, a lot of, you know, Derek Forward hasn't looked his best. Hampus Lindholm before his injury, maybe not as good as last year. And dif- playing a different way for the Bruins, I guess. Right. Matt Grizzlick, too, you know, he hasn't been on top of his game. And then you lose Grizzlick and Lindholm.
0: Yeah. Jason
1: Lori has looked really good called up. And Parker Watherspoon is playing yeah. first those pair of minutes. You know, they're stopping so the bleeding. But I think when you look at the defensive depth that teams in the East and West have, that the cup contenders do have, is... A bit worrying. Um, and that's no discredit to the guys that have stepped up from Providence. Like they mm-hmm. are also a, another big reason all of the Bruins call ups this season have kind of, you know, stepped up to the task and, and yeah. been what they needed them to be. But that's really different in playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that I definitely think um, could hinder them. But I also think it's something that Don Sweeney's thinking about that you'll probably in the next two weeks kind of hear. More about, I would be surprised if they didn't make any move on D. Maybe not Blockbuster, probably not Hannafin, with what they would have to give up for that. But um, I guess that's a point of concern. But at the same time, I don't think this is a Bruins roster that can't make a push. Yeah, They've made it work all season long, and their pieces aren't, you know, it's not Patrice Bergeron anymore, Mm -hmm. and um, it's not those star players, but they've kind of just, like, meshed well. And Mm -hmm. their top two center roles, like, that was the biggest worry going into the season. And now it's not like, I'm yeah. sure they would love to add another center, but almost I'm more, more, more worried about the wing in yeah. the top. Yes. Getting yeah. a goal score, you know? Yeah. So um, I think in that respect, like they have belief and confidence and, and proof of what they can do with who they have now. Mm-hmm. But I do think um, to, to really go far. And like you said, just make it through the East that you probably need one to two more guys up yeah. front. and Yeah. And yeah, the
0: yeah, back end. yeah. I agree a hundred percent on, Needing to add a scoring winger, I mentioned Danton Heinen earlier. Seventh player exceeded all expectations, but I don't know if you want to head into the playoffs with him like as your top line right winger, as he yeah. has been the last couple nights. Um, the thing with trades, of course, is that they have very limited cap space unless they put a guy in LTAR. They have like. No first, second, or third round pick this year. No second round pick next year. Um, you probably don't want to deal one of Mason Lorai, Fabian Lysel, or Matt Potra. Um, I was just listening to uh 32 Thoughts podcast this morning, and they were talking about how there's increased chatter about Linus Olmark and how the goaltending tandem is not you could either see it as an area of strength and that will be a strength if they commit to kind of the rotation in the playoffs, or you can see it as a luxury where you can subtract and add elsewhere. I'm not really, I don't think that's going to happen per se, but just looking at what this team might be able to trade, um, where do you think they would subtract from what they have in order to make a trade even
1: yeah I had two thoughts on the Olmark comment I thought mm-hmm. you know half the reason the Bruins have won 30% of those games in their win column is because of goaltending maybe yeah, more definitely. especially in the middle of the season those like dog days between January February end of December after break like yeah Linus Ulmark and Jeremy Swayman were the reason the Bruins yeah. were getting a lot of wins and I think you can't discount that and who knows what they're going to do in the playoffs with the rotation and you saw Jeremy Swayman. They wanted to play him back to back this week because he had the hot hand, and they wanted Olmark to start against Edmonton. And Swayman did play really well when Olmark was out injured in those four games, and yeah. really backstop the team. But I think it's almost not even a luxury because yeah. they don't have the luxury of a healthy decor or right. a real top yeah. six. You know, it, it's kind of making up for the spots that yeah. they're missing. I agree. Um, yeah so i i I don't know and i also it's just like it's such it's such a big part of that team and i I don't Mm -hmm. know if this is i mean who knows what happens in playoffs i don't want to make Mm -hmm. any claims because of what happened last year and that's (laughs) arguably a roster you go all in for but looking at how the bruins are built right now i don't know if it's something you give up Linus olmark for like Mm -hmm. it's not like oh if we move olmark and i don't even know I mean, there's a lot of teams that need goalies, but whatever that deal would look like, it's like, is this the team you have enough faith in right. to add, Overcome you know. Three. that, yeah. Yeah, and I I don't think, I, I don't know. I, I also think the guys in the room would really take that hard. Like, I, it's a culture yeah. thing it's beyond, I know it's a business and whatever, but, you know, Lena Solmark and Jeremy Swayman are such a big part of that locker room, such a big yeah. part of what it means to be a Bruin, and I, I think it would it would throw the team For a loop, yeah, ahead of a time where you need to be locked in,
0: yeah. And I almost, I've been thinking about this lately too. Like, even with last year, you can make an argument that they almost added too much, and like Mm -hmm. they used the Taylor Hall LTIR to add Tyler Bertuzzi. But then once everybody was healthy, it kind of like shifted around people's roles and expectations, and it was maybe like too much in the end, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's a delicate balance for um for Don Sweeney. Do you think kind of if you're looking at like untouchables, would you put Potra, Lysel, and Lori in the in that category or do you think they could be fair play for for any trades?
1: I think Potra's an interesting conversation just because of his injury and the mm-hmm. way the Bruins handled it where they decided that he should get surgery. It didn't seem like it was Like something that needed to happen right away. But with the timeline, they're like, get it now. He's in Boston, like he's at Warrior. We see him, you know, walking through the locker room after practice. Yeah. So he's very much with the organization and um, he should be ready for training camp next year. So it seems like the Bruins were the ones who kind of planned this out for him. Right. And with Don Sweeney's comments afterwards being like, he's still part of the future. We want him to be ready for next season. I would find it very, um, not like backstabby, but like you make this 19 year old kid get right, surgery right, right. in the middle of his rookie season. Yeah. You kind of like commit him to the recovery in Boston and then dish him out. Like I don't know.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, That's fair. Whatever. But
1: I also think yeah. Matt Potter isn't someone you want to give up. Like you've no. been whole conversation around a center um for the past year or so, two years when you kind of knew Bertrand was coming to the end. And then Matt yeah. Potter all of a sudden appears at a training camp and earns a roster spot
0: mm-hmm. and
1: his potential is there. Like he is 19 years old. He couldn't handle parts of the NHL, but he, his first year. Um, He was given a lot of responsibility and then none at all in a bottom six role. So I I don't think that's a prospect you want to throw away.
0: Yeah. Kind of the
1: same reason we were saying about Olmark is that, is this a roster you're so confident in to give away those types of players? And yeah, Mason Laura, I also think that's someone you want for the future
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and the Bruins are in a weird position because Suddenly they're good enough to make a playoff push, but they also do need to think about the future completely. Yeah. Cause a lot of those guys that have made a difference this year on one to two year contracts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Jeremy Swayman's going to need a raise this summer. I think if there's any like all Mark trade possibility, it, it would be in the summer when yeah. Swayman has his big deal coming up and, and, uh, but yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. And um Yeah. So, trade deadline. I think actually, I saw today was the one year anniversary of the big trade with the Capitals. We all know that Don Sweeney uh, doesn't necessarily wait until the last minute, he's kind of proactive. So, I guess anytime now, we could see something happen. I just don't know if it's going to be kind of a big swing, or um, I guess something to keep in mind too is the fact that they right now have like $4.5 million in dead money. Yep. To that, those um, overages for Bergeron, Krejci. That right there is like a pretty good winger that you could add, but you just don't have the money right now to to do so, unfortunately. Unless you subtract like a Forbort or a grizzlick. I don't know if there's really a market for either of those guys either.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, who's picking up the guys at the Bruins? Yeah. Would, like. No yeah. one's like, man, I need, no offense, yeah. but like a slower defenseman that hasn't had a great season at this
0: point maybe Jake DeBrusque but then they they kind of need him as well at the same time so it's like
1: I think he's yeah I think he's set in Boston for the the
0: season I I do too um all right so we're gonna preview the game coming up against the Vancouver Canucks and also yeah talk about a couple fun things as well and we'll do that here as the podcast continues Grocery bills are so expensive these days, but now they don't have to be because you can start getting cash back on your grocery shopping with the free Ibotta app and get cash back every time you shop. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies, even toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns about $256 per year in cashback. That would cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Join over 50 million users and earn cashback every time you shop for over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying the app by using code LOCKDOWNNHL when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code LockedOnNHL. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in Google Play or App Store and use code LockedOnNHL to redeem $5 just for trying out the app. All right, so there is a huge game Saturday in Vancouver, a rematch of a game a couple weeks ago where the Bruins – That was probably their best game since the all-star break. I would argue Uh, you mentioned earlier, Vancouver didn't look that great in that one. They'll probably be looking to shake things off. Um, Thankfully it's not a late start. So we don't have to wait till 10 PM Eastern to watch it. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) Hockey night in Canada doing us a favor there by making it a 7 PM start. Uh, What are you, what are you looking for in this game? What are you looking for the Bruins? Uh, after these couple games in uh, in Alberta
1: yeah I think it's cliche but a quick good start having yeah. a good first period um, I think you've seen in their past couple games it's even if it takes you five to ten minutes that's just the momentum and they've trailed a lot in shots on goal in the first period mm-hmm. um, and especially through the home stand that seven game home stand I think their last game they had six shots on goal in the first period so kind of just being a threat from the start is going to be really important and I think you know, last game against Vancouver, they opened, they had two shorthanded goals. Yeah. <laughs> the first period, you know. Brad Marchand and Danton Heinen, and then Venus Olmark got his shutout. It was a 17-save shutout. And mm-hmm. to limit those chances against a team like Vancouver was huge. So I think they know how to do that. Obviously, Vancouver was having somewhat of an off night, but you do have to give credit to the Bruins. Um, but I think it'll be different now that they have such a wounded blue line um, yeah. to see you know, like Mason Moore, I wasn't playing in that game, but he's honestly been kind of the best in, in the um, high competition scenarios. So I think he kind of lives off of that. And he was saying that post games, like this is, you love it. Like you get more in the game, um, you you get more reps. So I think that will be something to look for, but also just offensive production. I think it was a relief against Edmonton, even though they gave up that lead that they got their scoring back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And not that the the grittier goals are needed at this point in the season. You'll take that rebound shot. You'll take the net front deflection. But th- there were some goal scorers goals there, and I think the team gained a lot of confidence mm-hmm. from that. You know, seeing Jake DeBrus score, and you know, getting Charlie Coyle going last night. So I think the top six contributions will be really important. um You love that the bottom six is kind of finding their groove. That fourth line had four points a couple nights ago, yep. but. It's it's a good storyline, but it's not sustainable forever. And you need your top six yeah. and your highest-paid players and your stars to show up in games like this against you know someone you're tied with for the top of the league. So, I think it'll be a it's going to have to be a character win for them because although they got their two consecutive wins after that slump and made it to overtime last night, I personally haven't been like, okay, they're they're back, they're good. Yeah, like, yeah. The regulation win yeah. by at least two goals. Um, and maybe it doesn't come against Vancouver, but yeah, I I don't know. I think they, they really, this is an opportunity to prove within and outside the room that like, we're fine. There's no need to panic. Like we got it. So yeah, this is, this is a big turning point and, um, you know, second half of the road trip, you want to kind of close it out strong before heading to Seattle. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I maybe felt kind of Bruins are back-ish vibes when they were up 4-1 against Edmonton, but yeah. <laughs> that kind of disappeared quickly. But it was nice to see them. I think during that homestand, like over that period, they were the ranked like 31st in goals per game over that like seven-game stretch. Yeah. So it was nice to see them get going offensively. Uh, Jake debrusk on that homestand, I don't think he even had a point. So it was nice to see him scoring Hopefully they can keep it going. Um, Should be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. And it doesn't get easier. Like you mentioned, they have to go to Seattle, who they lost to uh, recently. And then their first game back home, I think, is against uh, Vegas. Vegas, yeah. Although they are missing Jack Eichel and Mark Stone. But still, it's it's still Bruce Cassidy. So, yeah, that should be a good one.
1: I will say, too, assuming Jeremy Swayman starts tonight – um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, they won and he was great in overtime, but a couple of those goals let in against Edmonton were kind of uncharacteristic of yeah him. It a strong the goal. Game. yeah, and he's known to really bounce back really strongly, you know, bounce back with a shutout after getting pulled this season too. So I think it'll be interesting to see how he responds because I'm sure he wants to go out there and stop every puck he sees after yeah. after that agree
0: run. yeah that's that's definitely something to watch. Uh well Bella thank you so much for for taking some time to chat. I always like to close with some fun questions. So um, not to put you on the spot, but a couple of questions here. What's your favorite Bruins memory over the? It could be the last couple of years. It could be distant. And then um, is there something right now that you're watching or reading that uh, people should know about to check out?
1: Yeah. Um. I mean selfishly, I think my favorite. Bruin's memory was just covering my first game at TD Garden this mm, season. Yeah, very, very um, cool. It was a win, <laughs> which was great. Nice, but nice, yeah. it was it was just really cool. Also, like going to development camp, going to training camp, seeing the team from however many players come down to the opening night roster um, yeah. at media day the day before. You know, Mason, Laura, was still up. Matt Potter and Johnny Beecher had those nerves where yeah, yeah, they yeah. couldn't fully say they were staying because they hadn't gotten the official nod. So. It was just really cool seeing it, it all come together and kind of being not behind the scenes, but on the reporting side of it. After um, kind of just watching the Bruins the past couple of years, and then um, yeah, just the the whole thing is, is pretty cool. Post game and then TD Garden. I have to say, I, I love Madison Square Garden. It's the number one, but the atmosphere in there is just so fun. It's it's such yeah. a privilege to be able to go in there, you know, three to four times a week and kind of be part of that um, in in the smallest way, obviously. Yeah, that's obviously. awesome. But Um, Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite memories was was probably opening night and then um, array of games have been good. But that was a
0: good one. That's awesome. And yeah, like a show recommendation, book recommendation, anything apart from hockey that's catching your eye these days?
1: Yeah, well, I will say one of my favorite books is hockey. You hockey plug, uh, um, yeah. wise guys, it follows like the 1978 BU national oh, cool. team under Jack Parker. Um, that's a good read, completely not related to hockey. I'm shamelessly a bachelor binger. It's okay, great okay. this season, yeah. Um, <laughs> it hasn't been good in a couple of years, but I will <laughs> say, Bachelor this season has had a comeback. So,
0: up up. you right. need some
1: guilty reality TV shows. That's that's my wreck,
0: very nice. And uh, where can people find you on social media? Where can people find your uh, Bruins coverage?
1: Yeah, on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) SelfTraser1. And then for Bruins coverage, it's the Hockey News Bruins site. The link is in my Twitter bio and obviously posts um, everything on Twitter, updates, quotes, um, et cetera. So, yeah, for Bruins coverage, the Hockey News, and then my Twitter.
0: Perfect. Well, thanks again so much. I'm sure I will reach out to have you back on chatting maybe around the deadline as the playoffs get closer and i will be back talking about whatever happens on saturday against the canucks previewing the game on monday against the kraken on monday's brand new episode of locked on boston bruins because we're part of the locked on podcast network and we talk about your favorite team every single day uh have a great weekend everybody and we'll talk to you again here on monday